Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 43. John and Wendy talk to John Hudson. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? I'm doing great. And before we get going, I also want to mention that we're very, very fortunate to have this episode sponsored tonight by Namely. So thank you, Namely. Uh, We'll be talking about them a little bit more in the show. But Wendy, it's been a little while since I talked to you last. How's the new job? How are things going? Uh, Not too bad. You know, week two, starting to actually do some work. That first week of of work is usually pretty boring, but uh, starting to actually jump into it, talking with managers and getting some jobs posted. So I'm excited to be in the thick of things. And you just spoke at Minnesota Sherm, didn't you? I did. That was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with awesome HR pros, uh, Kate Bischoff, uh, Josh Rock, both of them. And Kate and I created um, something fun that hopefully will be, you'll be seeing at other conferences, the HR rant wheel. So you I saw a picture of that. So yeah, you get to spin the wheel and rant about whatever topic comes up. So yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun to see put together. Uh, I think it went over pretty well there. And you recently spoke as well. I did. I spoke out in New River Valley, Sherm, which is in Christiansburg, Virginia. So it's out on the Western part of the state. It's about three hour drive from Richmond and they are just the coolest. First of all, they serve a killer lunch. They had fried chicken and macaroni <laughs> and cheese and some of the best peach cobbler I've had in years. And they were an extremely gracious audience. I was talking about social recruiting and, you know, kind of talking in those big, big pictures. You know, a lot of, a lot of the folks that attended aren't necessarily using social in their processes. And so we talked about that. And then we talked a little bit about the podcast and one person just kept saying, how do I, how do I get on and find it? How do I get on and find it? So hopefully she listened to this one, but the the best part so. was at the end, you know, they, they thanked me for coming and then they gave me one of the coolest gifts I've gotten. And I'll have to put a picture in the show notes or somewhere. They gave me a flashlight <laughs> and it's a, and it's got the new river Valley Sherm logo. And it says, thanks for shining a light on the tough topics. And I just thought that was so incredibly original and one of the neater things I've gotten. So it was, it was yeah, great. And and I, cool. I love, yeah, I know you love getting out there and doing it too. I mean, we, yeah. we've had so much fun and had some tremendous opportunities this year and yeah. certainly look forward to seeing what next year brings as far yeah. as maybe, maybe we'll get a chance to talk somewhere together. Ooh, that would be fun. So I, I do have know. to give a, I have to give a shout out to uh, the gifts from Minnesota Sherm. They gave us pop rocks, which I haven't had pop rocks in. Ah forever so shared that with my daughters they got to know what a pop rock was and we uh it was a lot of fun <laughs> i don't think i've had a pop rock since 1980 but oh yeah I, that may be conservative i don't know it's been a long time said you, well you know, we, the thank we, you you rock yeah. so it works yeah that's great that's very very cool well we we've kept our guests hanging long yeah. enough while we get to kind of talk about the fun stuff wendy i'll let you make the introduction and we'll get going Super excited to welcome John Hudson to the show tonight. Uh, He is a regional HR business partner with Salem. And uh, three words describe him, HR, pancakes, and running. And we will get into all three of those tonight. So, John, welcome to the show. And our first question, what's in your glass? Good evening, Wendy. John, uh, first to answer that, what's in my glass? I am drinking an IPA. Uh, from Spiteful Brewing. It's called a Spiteful IPA, brewed here in Chicago. So cheers. Cheers. Very fun. (laughs) 
You're, you're a better man than I, John. I cannot do the hops. I the IPAs just they I just I can't do them, man. Uh, I I tell you, and it's it's an acquired thing, I guess. But I, I am, it is indeed. I but look, I'm an equal opportunity beer drinker. So if it's uh, if it's cold and you put it in front of me, I'm I'm probably going to drink it. So fair enough. I like spiteful brewing too. Well, that's yeah. a great yes. drink. Yeah, that's it's a great a, name. Not that that uh, describes me in any way, but uh, no, it's uh, it's good. Well, John, we were we were fortunate. We had some time before we started recording to visit a little bit, but you know, I know we've we've met in the you know we got a chance to meet this summer in Chicago at Sherm eighteen, but don't know a lot of your backstory. How yeah. exactly did you get started in it with your career in HR? Well, probably just about like every other HR person my age you fell into it. You know, I was <laughs> I was going to be a teacher, an English teacher. And my path didn't take me that way and ended up in Charlotte, North Carolina as an IT recruiter. So figure that, you know, doing some agency recruiting for, you know, what's Allegis Group now, back then was Aerotech and made my way to Chicago and kind of got on this generalist path about you know, 18, 20 years ago and, and been doing it ever since. You know, you're not, there's, there's a pattern John and John, I'm sure that you've noticed in some of our guests who have fallen into uh, HR with the staffing agency start. Mm -hmm. We've had well, several and, that Well, you way. know, I went to school to be a music teacher, so yeah. I'm there. I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I was knew I was moving to North Carolina. I've been following <laughs> my wife and at the time was not. So I needed a job and I knew I didn't want to get into teaching at that time. I had some friends from college who would done the staffing with Aerotech and they're like, Hey, why don't you be a recruiter? And I was like, what the hell do you do? I'm like, oh, you just get on the phone and then we go out and party. I'm like, I'm in. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got hired. I, I drove down there and they, you know, they say, Hey, we got your job. We need you to start. And I was like, well, what do I do? They go, just show up in Baltimore training. We will train you from there. And I, you know, it was, I do look at that though. And I'm biased obviously, but I, any advice that I give for people that are either looking to get into HR or starting to get into it is is to spend some time, you know, whether it's agency recruiting or or corporate recruiting. I, I think the agency recruiting is is the way to go. I, I mean, that was over twenty years ago, and I'm still using the same methods and uh, from a call sheet to I mean, you learn everything from rejection to sales to making offers and dealing people not showing up on day one and, and termination. So I, I, I'm biased, like I said, but I think it's one of the best starts, or, or at least you have to do a rotation in it in your HR career. So, John, you've had many roles in your career, but we cannot skip over the fact that for several years, you worked for Harpo and the OWN Network run by Oprah Winfrey. So what's Oprah mm -hmm. really like? No, <laughs> so, But what okay. was it really? What was it like working in that environment? And what did you learn and any yeah. good, actually really any good stories about Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> um, any that I can tell. Uh, no, <laughs> True, it was, yeah. To say life-changing or, or an experience isn't too far from the truth. Um, I mean, how I got there is I, I still kind of look back and, and say, how did you know this guy from a small town in Indiana go to work for, for Oprah? And, you know, I never would have guessed it back then, but, you know, a woman that I worked with at a previous company, she became the head of HR there and called me out of the blue and said, I'm building a team. And I'm like, I, you work for Oprah. I don't know if I can, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Come on. And, um, yeah. but it, 
you know, for me, I'd, I'd been doing a big corporate. I'd been working at PepsiCo at the time. And and I was like, this would be a shift uh, for me. Very rarely getting the opportunity to go work for you know, arguably the most influential person in the world. And right. I was like, if it, if it didn't work out, I can always go back to the corporate deal. And that was in 2006. <laughs> and I was there about eight years between Harpo Studios and the forming of the Oprah Winfrey Network. I spent some time because that was a joint venture. I spent some time with the Discovery Channel. So I learned for eight years just sort of the media environment, television, storytelling. And I haven't even just talked about HR. Um, but it was uh, an experience for me that I'll never, I, I'll never be able to really replicate. Quite frankly, the day-to-day HR work was not really, you know, groundbreaking and cutting edge, but the experiences I got uh, in interacting with, with some of the best storytellers in the world was, um, and to have access to that, you know, I supported the Oprah.com team. And at that time, it was 2008, uh, did a webcast with Eckhart Tolle that had never been done um, at that time and, you know, reached over a million, million people across the world. And uh, I mean, it was just amazing. As far as a story, I, I, I kind of tell this when it was uh, my first first week, week or two uh, on the job. And, and the way the production worked with the show is basically like a school calendar. They taped shows from mid-August to around the 1st of December, had a few weeks off, came back, taped from January to May, and then basically had the summer off uh, for all the production staff. So not for us uh, on the internal side. Um, so, so I kind of, but it was nice. It was our summers off that we could get stuff done. And yeah. I'm in week two and we were in some new office space and, and I had this office and there was just a post-it note outside of my office. I hadn't had my nameplate yet. And, you know, they said, Hey, Miss Winfrey's coming up and coming to see the new space. And I'm like, here I was, took this new job that I'd gone from being more of a generalist role to doing full cycle benefits, enrollment, recruiting, everything. And I had, this is 2006, I had resumes all over my desk. Um, (laughs) I'm, if anyone knows me, I'm not the most organized person. Uh, So here I am, I'm frazzled, I'm getting in new at the job and I hang up my phone, I look up and there's Oprah in my doorway. And she looks at me and she goes, John Hudson. I was like, wow, how'd she know me? knowing that my name is (laughs) there's my name right in front of her and and so i get up and here's corporate hr john hudson goes to oprah and she opens her arms to give me a hug and visually if i could show it but you can just picture it so what do i do i reach out to shake her hand (laughs) and she takes a look at me and she's like kind of like what are you doing she's like come here give me a hug i was like Okay. So yeah, my first <laughs> first weekend of the job, I get a big hug from Oprah and the rest is history. So uh, yeah, that's my kind of onboarding experience. It's like if, if companies can replicate that, you know, if you can have your CEO come in and give a hug to everyone, I said, you're on the right track for onboarding. It has to be very interesting culture there to have someone, you know, as big as Oprah mm-hmm. at, you know, the top. and. I mean, I don't know what the corporate structure looks like if she's, you know, really in charge or if there's other people, yeah. but she's still Oprah and she's going to have that presence 
that mm-hmm. you're not going to get anywhere else. No. And, uh, and, and, but yeah, back in the days, you know, my experience when they were doing the Oprah Winfrey show, I mean, she was as hands-on when you have your name on the product, you know, everything right. was everything down to, <laughs> you know, AP, you know, uh, invoices going out. She was very involved in that. And, but I mean, in any of the production, you know, we had our executive producers, but she saw every script and everything that happened. I mean, it was, um, it was a truly hands-on experience. It was always a first person in last to leave. I mean, it was, but ev- the, the culture there embodied the show. Yeah. You know, when you talk about that was, I see, I, I see this phrase all the time and I laugh, but the live your best life. That's Oprah. I mean, that's from her website, from what her mantra and as always, but that, that came through in the culture of every story that was told, every article that was written was, and that's what I kind of learned from internally was, you know, you got a lot of stuff. Oh, it's Oprah. And she's, why can't people get their own voice? And she's peddling this and that. And when you're part of it internally and you see what it takes to create that show and to create that message and the care that goes into that, it's, it's pretty powerful. John, we talked in, well, Wendy mentioned in your introduction about pancakes. Let's talk a little bit about breakfast. And you have a you have on your blog you have Huddy Huddy's hotcakes. I guess talk to us a little bit about how that came to be and where you get all your ideas on these pancakes that you serve up. Now we can talk about something good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Huddy's hotcakes. This has just been a it's been a crazy deal. I have two daughters, and twelve two thousand twelve or so, it, it became a Sunday morning little ritual. You know, I had the pancakes in a bag, wherever from Costco, you just add, add water and an egg. And I'd whip these things up and you know, we kind of laugh on Sunday mornings. And then one weekend I decided to drop some chocolate chips in there and they're like, Oh, you're the best dad in the world. And, you know, and then <laughs> you throw some applesauce in there, but it's still, it was just, it became this kind of funny thing. And then for some reason, somebody sent me a recipe and it was for these, red velvet pancakes with a, with a cream cheese, you know, glaze. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. You know, it's not in a box. This is from scratch. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, one day I was just kind of reading the recipe. I was like, well, shoot, I can follow a recipe. So I, I whipped these up. And of course, anytime you make food, you got to put it on Instagram. It was a hit. And it was kind of became (laughs) this like, well, you know, once you've been going from, you know, pancakes from a box to go into red velvet, you kind of can't really go back from there. No, and <laughs> my audience was tough. It still is. And, <laughs> you know, then it was like, Hey dad, what are you going to make next weekend? I just started trying things out and post them on Instagram. And then you kind of get, you know, your friends are like, Hey, what are you making this weekend? It became a discussion. People would send me recipes and I was like, what the heck is going on here? Um, <laughs> If, you know, I'm just making pancakes, but it, it, for me, it became one, it was a way to connect with my, you know, with my kids, but it was just similar to running. It, it, it kind of takes you away from, from the day-to-day stuff. There's a, a therapeutic process and one, being able to create something like that, you know, with your own hands and, um, and it, it, it tastes good. I, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know how it, my pancakes are not, you know, people are like, Hey, do you make a, all protein or gluten-free. I was like, you know, 
if you're into any type of special diet or anything, my pancakes aren't for you. I'm going to pile <laughs> it on with every bit of sugar and sweets and, and everything there. You know, as I started doing a little bit more, people were like, you should start a recipe book. You should do a blog. And I was like, why? I don't know how to do this. Um, and then it was like, why not? That's when I, when I started the blog, my blog almost two years ago, it was, you know, a big part of it was to share some of these recipes and the experience I have. And it's kind of taken a mind, you know, a thing of its own. Um, I've now started to incorporate it a little bit into my work. You know, I, I visit various regional offices and one time I just showed up and I was like, I'm making pancakes for you all. You know, came in the office Friday morning and then I don't get to some of these locations all the time. So, you know, one, who's not going to turn, who's going to turn it down pancakes. And two, right. it, it opened up conversation, um, you know, broke down the wall. So many times for us in HR, you know what it's like. It's all, Hey, HR is here. And Oh boy, here come the police and we've done something wrong. And it, it really broke a lot of those walls down and, and opened up some conversations and Hey, you know, John, I've been thinking, you know, career development discussions. It led to, People sharing their own stories of pancakes when they were a kid or what they do on the weekends. And, and it's really been a you know, break down some barriers, if you will. <laughs> you look on any of our, our Twitter chats or anything. It's always like, is Hudson making pancakes? It's like, sure. Right. You know, I, 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 if I'm known as a pancake <laughs> guy, I'm I'm fine with it. Um, and, you know, I love it. It's a good story and, and it's lots of fun. So, John, you brought up your blog. And one of the things that I followed on your blog a little bit is you talk about your your running goal and you give updates regular updates which is such a great way to keep yourself accountable but i have to know has it worked and have you seen it this accountability type of stuff spilling into other areas for me i shared that writing about it it's kind of like even if you post something that keeps me accountable oh crap i put this out there you know people are watching all 10 people who read this are, are, are keeping an eye <laughs> on it. Um, but, but for me, it's, I've never been, when I set the, my first goal, it was like in, when I, it's kind of how I kicked the blog off, but uh, I'd never been much of a goal setter, quite frankly. And and here we are, the cobbler's kids in HR of pushing all of our employees to you know, get their goals down and track those goals. And that's what, uh, you know, but I'd, it was me. It was more of a check the box scenario of things for work. And I, from a running standpoint, it, you know, it was a new year's day and I was first of the year. I took off for a run. I was like, you know, I got this, this weird idea. I want to run a thousand miles this year. And I had looked at all my tracking, you know, my running in, in the previous six or seven years, I'd only, most I'd ever run was 600 miles, but you know, it was a long run. It was cold. It was probably running a hangover off on New Year's Day. And and I was like, wait a second. You know, I, I started breaking it down. I was like, a thousand miles, that's a ton. But, you know, what if I just did 20 miles a week? That gets me there in two weeks off. And I was like, how in the hell am I going to do 20 miles a week? I was like, well, just do 10 on the weekends and 10 during the week. So I started taking it, breaking it down into small, smaller sort of bite-sized increments. And and it has really helped me, um, you know, one, I started in 2017, I went over, I had like 1150 miles or 1150 miles for 2017. Then I went into there. I was like, there's something about this of really breaking, setting a goal, but breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. And then the sharing it, I think is, 
for me, it keeps me accountable. Um, it gets other people talking about it. Uh, but it's pretty easy. One, I did find when you set a goal, set it on something you like. Because I'll get people to come up to me and say, like, man, I really hate running, but I think I should. And I'll look at them and like, well, then why do you want to run? If you hate something, you know, find something different. If your goal is fitness and you don't like running, well, get on a bike, you know, swim, cross train, whatever. But it's, it's you got to have a passion and an interest for it. So my motivation is for me, my running is my time away. It's my, it, it fueled my blog for 2017. Uh, because I would, I was writing every day when I first got it started, I'd go out on a run and I'd go and sit on my back stoop and bang out the blog and have it done because of all these ideas that came in my head during running. So, um, the, there's some pretty easy self accountability for me, even if I didn't write about it because I love it. I, I really enjoy that, but it has spilled over into, you know, some of my personal and professional goals too, of, you know, don't get ahead of yourself, but, but have something that you can break down into, you know, smaller sprints, if you will. That makes it a little more, a little more achievable. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Namely. Namely makes life easier for you and your employees. Their belief is that great companies are built on a great employee experience. That's why they were the first to create an HR platform employees love to use. Namely saves HR teams an average of 11 hours per week. That's the power of putting HR, payroll, and benefits in one spot. Plus, Namely empowers employees to answer their own questions before they even think to ask you, and it gives your leadership team direct access to the people data they need. With Namely, HR becomes more than just the complaint department. You get to focus on strategy, culture, and all the other important things you've been meaning to tackle. Join the thousand-plus inspired HR leaders who use Namely across the globe. Get a free demo at namely.com slash podcast. That's namely.com slash podcast and start building a better workplace today. Now back to the show. Well, John, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. All right. So do you remember how you uh, first connected with us? Well, as John mentioned, I think we all officially met in real life at Sherm 18 here in Chicago. Um, Yeah. And I still have my HR social hour pen. It's sitting at my desk at the at work. I Yay. play with it every day. It's funny. It's my, uh, you know, I have it, have it right by my keyboard. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it was just uh, probably a next chat or, or something, just meeting both of you before you even started HR social hour. So, uh, but I think the true connection came at, at Sherm this year. John, can you talk a little bit about how networking's helped in your career and what's been really effective for you when it comes to networking? I mean, the fact that, that we're sitting here right now, um, I think is, uh, is, it wouldn't be possible if it weren't for networking. I was, you know, probably got into more of the, much like a lot of us, uh, through Twitter, probably back in 2010 or so. I was fortunate that, uh, you know, met a few people and met some people locally here that, uh, you made some introductions for me. And, but I, I think, you know, part of it when I was doing that was to reach out to who are some practitioners locally and, and uh, doing the same thing and the struggles that we do from an HR standpoint. So what's been effective for me, I think is, is similar here is you, you kind of find a connection and further that relationship, whether it's meeting people at conferences or, you know, introducing, you know, I, I've been fortunate to have some uh, people help me out, so I, I try any way I can to to connect people in any way that can help them. 
So, John, who do you read and follow for HR Insights? Well, there's the usual suspects, I think, that we all follow. But I get, from an HR standpoint, and it's kind of off the path of HR, but there are... Uh, there was a book I read last year, and it was I got into it more from my running, uh, but I highly recommend this book. It's called Peak Performance, and it's written by uh, Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus. And Steve Magnus is a he's a running coach for University of Houston. Brad Stolberg worked McKinsey in the Obama administration and was a big sort of architect and analyst for Affordable Care Act. Uh, but both of them had were early on stars in their career, rising stars and hit a plateau and, and some they would describe as a little bit as, as failure. So they really looked into this as, you know, what's in this? How do you get sustained performance? And their equation, if you will, is stress plus rest equals growth and stress being, you know, not the anxiety stress, but the amount of effort you're exerting. So on anything, whether it's you're running a race uh, they studied consultants, they studied musicians, uh, athletes, and what they found where they get the sustained performance is you, you take a high amount of stress or, you know, or your heavy exertion, and you, then you have to have a time for rest. You know, that's re-energizing, and that's how you see sustained growth. So they put out a new, I mean, the book, I highly recommend it. Again, it's called Peak Performance, but they write newsletters. I You'll see me retweeting their stuff. I get a lot because they they do put a lot of that in the workplace and and when you look at human performance, it's uh, you know it makes sense. And so I get a lot of insight from them. You know, HBR obviously I think is puts out some good stuff. And I I'm fortunate. I work for a consulting firm, um, and we have a organizational effectiveness practice that I get a lot of insights just talking to our, my employees. Gartner, we have access to a lot of their their research, uh, Gartner's research as well, uh, the human human resources. So I'm, I'm constantly looking at, at what's going on there. And you all, of course, HR <laughs> podcast checks in the mail, John. Course, checks so. in the mail. Yes. <laughs> yes. How do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? I I try everything. I you know, the writing. I kind of look at some of that while it has really fallen off the past couple of months. I, as, I, as I mentioned, I was fortunate that some people along the way were, you know, took an interest in me and my career. So I, you know, I try and as a practitioner to help other practitioners and, you know, whether it's speaking at a local conference or, or sharing some knowledge and insight uh, that I have there, I really get a lot of energy from that. John, I think we were talking about it before. It's like, I admire what you're both doing here. You have day jobs and I, I respect and, you know, yes, I love my HR consultants, but I really value the opinions of people that are doing the same thing I'm doing every day. You know, you see the big ideas and the things that look great in a research paper, but you know what it's like to try and put some of these things into practice. I mean, John, you mentioned that you were at a, a conference earlier and, you're you're talking about social recruiting and and it's funny it's we we chuckle about it because we sit here we've all met on social but there's still a large part of our uh, of our industry that that is still either not you doing some of the basics or some things that we think is standard and 
that really isn't. And there's a lot to a lot of knowledge out there to share and and insights to have. So um, I, I mean, anytime I can share that, I, you know, I see it a lot at our at our state conferences. You know, you go to like Illinois Sherman. I mean, ninety percent of the attendees are are HR people. One, you know, they're working for. 50 to 150 person organizations and and they are HR, they are benefits, they're comp, they're employee relations, all of it. And, you know, so I, I take that, I don't take that for granted either of not everybody's doing the AI and machine learning, whatever. We're just trying to get people paid <laughs> and, and, you know, we're still running ads in the paper that's effective for certain types of recruiting. There's nothing wrong with it. And because it works and it's, it's, um, it, it's just a re- reality for, being shorthanded from that. So it's uh, anytime that I can share or relate or give back to that, you know, it's something that, that I, I get a lot of energy from. John, what's your favorite movie? You know, I've been thinking about this all the time. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> and it's going to go along. We're going to have a theme here, but I, it used to be for the longest time. I love the movie Braveheart. Oh, it was, and still, oh, yes, I have a DVD player still. I'll throw that in. But I mean, from a really serious movie that I love that one, just from typical humor that is made dumb and dumber (laughs) from just some, (laughs) some mindless, uh, mindless stuff. But, um, unfortunately I don't get to the movies a lot for grownups anymore. So if you want to rattle off some Disney genre, I'll, I'll I'll give my favorites. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm dating myself in the movies because that's probably when I stopped going to the theater for for grown up movies and got on the, on the kid track from <laughs> from '04 on to now. So, but uh, you know, and I'm a Star Wars. I like some of the Star Wars genre too. It's good. How about your favorite musician or band? Again, this is all across the board, but I'm I'm a Gen Xer, so I still I, I love a lot of the sort of that grunge and, and rock from the early 90s, you know, whether it was Pearl Jam or Foo Fighters. Uh, I also have just a, <laughs> growing up from on the west side of Indianapolis, I had an affinity for hip-hop and, and rap growing up as as a teenager. So I, my kids make fun of me as I'm listening to Drake. And before long ago, I was a huge Kanye fan. I love Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Eminem. So that was, and then I got a little country music kick. So um, I'm hitting them all. Uh, so you get all over the board. If you see my, my playlist, you're going to be like, what is your problem? But it's, uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it, it keeps me, it kind of goes with the way my brain works all over the board. How about a favorite TV show? I don't watch eight. I was just thinking about this. We, I just got Netflix this year like three months ago. So I, I, I watch, I don't, I, I watch a lot of live sports. I love sports. Um, if I were to say a TV show, I guess we can say Netflix counts nowadays. And I just got into it. It is the yeah. darkest, most insane show. If you've watched Ozark um, with Jason Bateman, I'm like caught mm-hmm. into it, but then I, I it is just the darkest. Cre- and I don't know why I like it, but one, it's probably the only show I've been watching lately, but Outside of uh, live sports, I'll, I'll probably have to go with that one right now. That's kind of what I can can call in there. We enjoy the Goldbergs from a network TV standpoint. 
Well, John, I always look for connection and I'm of the same vintage. So have a lot of similar tastes when it comes to, to music and, and, and movies. But I have yeah. to say that this episode, the fact that you worked and got a hug from Oprah, I'm going to have friends that do a Tom Cruise podcast that are going to flip out because All they're right. always trying to figure, find somebody that has, that has met her. And mm-hmm. they, ha- they have a friend that has met Tom Cruise, but has not met Oprah. So I went, you, you help. There you go. And you can tell them. You can tell them. I've 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 sat on the couch that Tom Cruise jumped up and even better. Oh, even better. There you go. Well, that was when I first started. My mom sat on that couch. When I took her, my mom on the tour of the studio. She goes, "Oh my god, that's the couch, isn't it?" And I was like, "Mom, what are you doing? You're going to get me fired!" And she's sitting on the couch, and I was like, "Oh, oh well." So there you go. Uh, you can one up them on that. Well, having said that, then so. If you're not watching those movies, if you're not listening to that 90s music, if you're not watching sports or Ozark, what else do you like to do outside of work? Uh, running, uh, you know, obviously family activities and spending time with my daughters or you know, freshmen and sixth graders. So uh, if I'm not trying to understand what kind of homework they're doing and, and hanging out with them, uh, you know, my weekends are usually occupied with a nice morning run and occasionally a cocktail. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah. So, John, if you didn't end up falling into the HR profession, yeah, what do you think you'd be doing professionally now? I mean, it's it's a goal of mine, and, and it's it's silly, but I'm I'm following it. I'd have a pancake shop on a either lake or beach town, and I'd probably be open Saturdays, Sundays from six a.m. to noon, maybe on a Wednesday, and then you know, spend the rest of my time. Looking up recipes for that, or running, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, that's I, it's something I enjoy, and and I can kind of see see myself doing that here if I wouldn't. Okay, uh, it's gonna I mean, have plenty of HR running a you know, there's be plenty of HR running a, a restaurant anyway, so I'll use that experience. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, and there's probably a market out there for people that just want to go have pancakes. I, I, I know there is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's at least one chain restaurant with the name. And I mean, you're in Chicago for crying out loud. You've got Walker brothers and all right. these other places around there. So, so Walker know. brothers is right. It's like <laughs> a mile from my house. And there I'm, you go. <laughs> I'm going to introduce myself and see how I can uh, potentially take over that market. <laughs> well, well, John, nice. I, I, you know, never say never. We've all had a uh, long, strange trips along the way, and you, you never know where it'll go. <laughs> yes. But I want to congratulate you for surviving this strange trip with us tonight. And oh, this has been yeah, awesome! Survive, survive the question conversation, the question connection, and the conversation at large. For those listeners that don't know you, that aren't following you, here's your chance to tell them how to find you out there. All right, I've tried to keep it all in one uh, and anything social. Whether it's Instagram or Twitter, it's uh, John P. Hudson. My blog is johnphudson.wordpress.com, and that's where you can find me. And if you're ever in Chicago or the Chicagoland area, hit me up. I'd love to share some pancakes or uh, I know maybe I'll get you a nice hoppy beer. Wendy, I'm curious <laughs> at the, the place you hang out all the time and share your uh-huh. uh, your beers. I'd love to oh, make my way yes. up a little little north and west and check that out too yeah you should go when they're playing beer bingo well, you can win a hat like and- me yes <laughs> Ooh, i like that yes 
Well, every Wednesday, we will oh, we man. will have that in the show notes <laughs> for sure. And it, Wendy, how about you? How can the how can the listeners find you out there? Uh, best way to find me is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. Uh, and you'll find all sorts of other connections to me there. Um, and of course, the uh, fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you'll find me on Twitter as part of the HR Social Hour monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Easiest way to find me, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. If you go there, you'll find all my social links, and then you'll find the show. And if you see an episode you haven't listened to, you can download it directly if you're not listening through one of the podcatchers that's out there. But listen, rate, and review, and share with a friend. We really, really do appreciate that. So, uh, again, want to thank Namely for sponsoring this episode, and John, once again, yes. for you coming thank on you, board. Namely. And uh, so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. 